0: we know that a good bout of sweaty exercise can improve your insulin sensitivity for up to 48 hours. So there are studies that show that women with PCOS who are working out regularly can improve their cycle, can improve their ovulation and improve their chances of achieving a pregnancy naturally.
1: It's Women Like You, the podcast for women who hate working out, but know they should. I'm Gab, I'm an audio producer and journalist. And I'm Sarah, I'm a GP
0: and I work in fertility and women's health.
1: And we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land we're on today and pay our respects to their elders, past and present.
0: So this episode is right up my alley. Woo! Does exercise help with fertility? So that is what we are going to be talking about today. Yeah, because, you know, at the start of
1: every episode, you introduce yourself, you're a doctor. I work in fertility and women's health. And women's health. So you do work in fertility. This is your bag, baby. So talk to me about just an average day in the office as Dr. Sarah Kavanaugh. What kind of patients are you seeing and what kind of um, things are you dealing with every day?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm, I'm working in a fertility clinic that provides IVF services, Um, but also other fertility treatments like uh, IUI, which is intrauterine insemination. Um, We do egg freeze for women who are wanting to preserve their fertility. Perhaps they're not ready for a family yet or not even sure if they want to have a family one day, but kind of would like to keep those eggs in the bank. Yep, Exactly, keep their options open. But primarily the the bread and butter of what I do is I sit down with couples who are having difficulties conceiving. Mm -hmm. We have a chat through their history, We order up the appropriate investigations to try and establish why they are having difficulties conceiving. Then we'll have a chat through also a lot of lifestyle factors because these are so critical. I'm going to talk about this a little bit more today. Um, and, uh, And then I have the privilege of ultimately handing them over to some beautiful specialists that I work with who are then able to provide them with the most appropriate fertility treatment, Hopefully, get them a beautiful baby at the end of the day. Get them preggers, up the duff, okay. Up the duff. And uh, you know, like, what
1: are some of the main reasons that you come across for why people might be struggling with fertility?
0: Oh, look, I think uh, I was having this very discussion in an Uber this morning. <laughs> wow, you really went deep in your Uber. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. Well, you, you know, people, people, people are in, people are interested in what people do for a living. Yeah, that's true. Um, and uh, and look, I think honestly, one of the one of the most Common things that I would see these days is you know couples that have delayed, and I'm I'm saying delayed in inverted commas, you know delaying their fertility journey a bit later in life. Yeah, and inevitably, you know, women are born with all of their eggs, so you're not making a bunch of new eggs as you get older, but your eggs are aging, and the number of eggs you have are diminishing. And so I would say probably one of the most common things that we see is women in their late 30s, early 40s who are having difficulties conceiving due to age-related infertility. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, you know, plenty of women who have had struggles with endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Of course, yeah, Absolutely, there are male factors that, uh, that can contribute. So, you know, having a low sperm count or, you know, if, if men have used anabolic steroids for bodybuilding that can have a really adverse impact on really? the fertility. So there's a there's a huge range of things that can contribute to difficulties conceiving and it's also it's a lot more common than I think people necessarily recognize because like a lot of things in life, we don't always talk about fertility.
1: Totally. You know, isn't it so funny though? Because you grow up, I mean, especially for you and I, because we went to Catholic high schools, but you, you know, you grow up with the fear of God in you about having sex and, yes. and how it's never, so easy ever, to ever yeah. get pregnant. <laughs> never get never be don't get pregnant as a teenager um, and all that. And so you just you're so you just assume that it's so easy and it would happen the first time you had sex, or it would happen, exactly. you know, the first time you had unprotected sex or whatever. Um and it's not actually the case and i was doing a bit of my own research i mean not being a doctor obviously but doing my own research and and you know for for most couples it, it, the kind of average is is over 12 months sometimes S- sort of 6 to 12 months is is what a lot of people are saying is roughly how long it's taking people you know mm. i mean that's anecdotal evidence obviously yeah. but you know that's how long it's taking people to get and, pregnant
0: and i think it's a really important point for anyone who is listening and thinking about planning a family or starting a family Because age is is such a big factor, um, we would typically say that if you are under the age of 35, we're speaking women here, under the age of 35, you know, otherwise in good health, regular cycle, then, you know, you should be trying for 12 months. If you haven't achieved an ongoing pregnancy after 12 months, then you should be, you know, Going and having a chat with your doctor, getting a referral to a fertility clinic, or coming to a fertility clinic like mine where you don't need a referral because I'm a GP and so I'm starting the process off. If it was me, I could just come and see you. You just book in with me. Yeah, but if you're over thirty-five, don't leave it that long. So it should be no more than six months of trying naturally, provided again that you've got a regular cycle, that you are in good health. It's not, you know, you don't have a history of polycystic ovaries or endometriosis or other things that may adversely impact your fertility don't don't put it off don't wait because it's just it can be really devastating when you meet women who have been trying for two three four years yeah yeah. and and the, the the reality is that they probably would have had a much better outcome with fertility treatment yeah a couple of years ago than they will by just doing the you know, taking the advice of just keep trying. Just keep trying. Just
1: keep boning, baby. Go to bone town. <laughs> do as much as you can. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, speaking of fertility treatments, I mean, we, we will get to exercise and fertility, obviously. But, you know, like what are some of the things that, I mean, other than obviously IVF, I know that's a pretty, you know, it's its, its own kind yep. of procedure. But, like, before you get to that point, what are other, some of the other things that, that you can actually do to kind of boost
0: your chances? Absolutely. So I think, again, it it depends on what the right. potential cause of your infertility is. So for for example, for women who have polycystic ovarian syndrome, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more today. Yeah. If they have a, an absent cycle, so they just simply don't get periods, yep. or they get really irregular periods, they're getting a period every two or three months. Then there are medications that can promote ovulation. So these are ovulation oh. induction medicines. Yep. These are oral medications as well. So we're not talking about anything Injections as invasive or, yeah. as as you know, as we think about IVF. Yep um and uh and so that's you know that's often a a relatively easier solution yeah provided, um, provided that's the that's the issue yeah, yeah yeah you know sometimes the issue is is with intercourse either you know the male partner might have erectile dysfunction yeah maybe the woman experiences really painful intercourse yeah and whilst again there are you know there are other means of dealing with those issues but if if those treatments have been exhausted if, you know, if the woman has seen a, a an amazing pelvic physio and has done all of the all of the appropriate things but still can't have penetrative intercourse. Yep. Then something like IUI or intrauterine insemination can be a way to overcome kind of the drawbacks of not being able to have regular intercourse at the right time during the cycle. That is fascinating. I, I mean I didn't even know any of that that sort of existed. I mean this is your life but <laughs> I, I probably could just ask you more
1: questions about <laughs> It is my life. It is. <laughs> well, your work life, your yeah, work yeah. life. Um, okay. Well, you know, let's let's then get to fertility and exercise because obviously what we love to do on Women Like You is look at ways that you can – look at ways um, of why exercise is important for your health um, other than trying to lose weight or other than trying to look a certain way or – um, other than why, why it's just a total punish
0: to exercise. Yeah, you yeah. Know,
1: if you can find other ways, like it's good for your cardiovascular mm. health, it's good
0: for pre- find diabetes other prevention. Yeah. <laughs> other things to motivate you exactly. apart from getting in a bikini.
1: Exactly. And, you know, I guess with fertility, off like f- fertility is not I guess just for women who might be trying to conceive. thinking mm. about healthy fertility is also about a healthy cycle and making sure that all all your hormones are kind of operating and and regulating properly as well. so yeah. you know there's other things to fertility than just wanting to get up the duff so before we do get to exercise, <laughs> obviously should should say a bit of a caveat uh this is a uh, an an education and and information, and um uh, let's say entertainment podcast. Yes, We, we are yes. not your doctor. Sarah's I will not, not be doctor. prescribing <laughs> you anything
0: at the end of this party. <laughs> Sarah's not your doctor. I'm
1: definitely not a doctor. Um, the information obviously we're going to talk to about talk about today is is very generalised and should not be considered medical advice. If you are thinking about starting a family or if you're having trouble falling pregnant, as Sarah said, please um, speak with your doctor for more personalised advice. So obviously we'll get that delightful, delightful caveat out of the way. <laughs> Ooh, don't sue um <laughs> but before we get into exercise One, two, better not sue.
0: sorry uh, simpsons
1: um before we get into exercise and fertility a little bit of a recap why is exercise important um in general, physical activity can have a positive impact on brain health and bone and muscle strength. We know that. It can also reduce your risk of cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes and metabolic syndrome. Plus, we know it's great for managing stress, depression, and anxiety, all exercise. And honestly, things. that's enough, really. It's it? totally not Except that exercise sucks. So you still got to figure yeah. out a way to do it. That's fine, where the habit comes in.
0: <laughs> fine.
1: Uh, the World Health Organization recommends adults engage in 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity. Um, so things like walking, cycling, doing sports sports ball sports sports ball doing sports
0: anyway it's just sports <laughs> we, we sound very you're much legit. like people <laughs> that
1: host a <the> fitness <laughs> podcast doing sports and stuff like whatever people you know, do with the sports place uh to be sufficiently active sufficiently active remember that's the goal and for the most part this continues to apply if you're trying to fall pregnant so in short exercise is recommended for most people with ovaries when trying to conceive and the benefits outweigh the risks Sweet. So, you know, we have talked a little bit about this because obviously it's your it's your bread and butter, it's your day job. Oh, I love bread and
0: butter. <sighs> Me Sorry too. Especially with veggie models. <laughs> so yes. Um how common
1: is it to have difficulties conceiving?
0: It's it is I think it is just so much more common than we than than the general population might think. Yeah. And and honestly speaking with couples day in, day out, I think they often feel like this is Something they're that's the only, just yeah, happening yeah, to them. Yeah. Um, so like about, they're your only patients because <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and and honestly, as I said before, it's not something that that, that makes the dinner the dinner table conversations yes. very often. Yes. So about one in six Australian couples will have difficulties conceiving. Okay. About a third of those uh, problems are because of fertility issues with women. Mm-hmm. Um, about a third of those are because of fertility issues with men. Same amount. Yep. Excellent. And about a third. I would sort of call this mixed bag of either you know combined infertility where we've got some male factor and female factor issues at play mm-hmm. or unexplained infertility where yep. you know these couples have done all of the tests the sperm looks good the egg numbers are good they're ovulating they're having sex at the right time but it's just for some happening. reason yep. x factor is not there and it's not happening so that's the unexplained infertility but generally we go third women third men third combined or unexplained yeah wow that's a lot more than I thought actually
1: yep. to be honest as, as, as I said before growing up going to a you know Catholic or very religious school and sex was the devil boys of the devil and um you know definitely don't get pregnant um yeah it's 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 amazing you just sort of assume that it's so easy yeah so and,
0: easy and this will be one of the few times that you'll hear me defend uh, my catholic school upbringing um, <laughs> is that look the truth is that it is easier to get pregnant when you're 17. 16, or yeah. si- 16 or 17 you know than it is when you're 37 38 yeah, yeah, so yeah. isn't all right, i mean maybe it, the nuns were onto something there but isn't
1: when you are above 35 aren't you a geriatric
0: Oh, if you do, fall I produce. hate like, cool. that term. I hate that. I hate that term. It's I mean, I a, had the term "full stop." Yes, but we, we 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 prefer to use "advanced maternal age." Okay, all right. But <laughs> even that still. Yes. I like know. You're 60, <laughs> 80. I don't know.
1: Like it doesn't, it doesn't seem right. Anyway, sorry. We we digress. Um, what can? What are some of the things? Like you mentioned, obviously, a third of a third of fertility issues uh, can be attributed to. Females, or to mm-hmm. the women in in a in a relationship, or in a you know in a two people trying to get pregnant. Yep. Um, what
0: can fertility be affected
1: by? So,
0: firstly, gynecological problems. Right. So, um, so we're talking about things like polycystic ovarian syndrome, which we will delve into a little bit deeper soon. Um, endometriosis which yes. is an inflammatory condition often causing very painful periods sometimes painful sex and a lot more common than you far think as well more common far more common than than I think it is recognized because it's not an easy diagnosis to get mm-hmm. um, I think the the average time from you know onset of symptoms that would be consistent with endometriosis to a diagnosis is is about 10 years. <laughs> 10 years. And yeah. Yeah. I, know, I, said, I we- just
1: like so many times in my, in my life when I've gone to a doctor with like, I mean, and I, I haven't been diagnosed with endometriosis, but I've gone to a doctor with, you know, mm-hmm. period pain and, and often they, they might be male doctors, it might just be whoever I can get into. And they've gone, just take some painkillers. It's yeah. just part and parcel of being a woman. And it's just like, you feel like going, dude,
0: you have yeah. no fucking idea what this yeah, feels like. absolutely. And and I think, you know, I mean... Jump on a jump on an endometriosis, uh, yeah, you know, Facebook page. Um, a lot of these women, understandably, feel very unseen. Yes, by the yes. medical fraternity. Yeah, yeah. Um, but outside of gynecological conditions, you know, medical illnesses, so autoimmune conditions like celiac disease. Oh wow! Okay. Um, rheumatoid arthritis. So autoimmune conditions can absolutely impact fertility. Um, also other hormonal conditions that not strictly related to your sex hormones yep thyroid dysfunction thyroid disease having an underactive or overactive thyroid um, age we've already covered off on the older you get the harder it will be weight mm-hmm. so being a little bit too big or a little bit too small so it's both ends of the spectrum can adversely impact your fertility and then you know smoking drugs alcohol, too, too much of a good thing. <laughs> um, too, <laughs> too much abso- of all the things. Too yeah. much of all of the things. Yeah. So so absolutely, if you are trying to conceive, you know, ditch the cigarettes. Don't do drugs, D- kids, <laughs> um, and uh, and absolutely limit your alcohol whilst you're whilst you're trying to uh, trying to fall pregnant. Yeah, um, STIs can can have an impact. So particularly things like chlamydia, which are extremely common. Wow, but they can cause. Stickiness of the fallopian tubes and, and can cause tubal factor disease. So, and if your tubes are blocked, then those, those eggs, eggs aren't coming out, baby. That's exactly oh, it. And also, not having sex regularly or at the correct time in the cycle. And that can be for an enormous number of reasons. So, like yeah. I remember I was working at our clinic in Perth briefly, and just the sheer number of FIFO workers. Yes. It, it it was impossible often for couples to, to be in the right well, place at the oh. right time to actually have you know second daily intercourse yes. around the time of ovulation. I know. So so you know not having sex regularly or at the right time is not just because people are over it. Yeah, which also is many yeah. many <laughs> couples rightly are when they've been trying for a very long time. Yeah, but yeah, just you know the the very busy lives that that people live. Yeah. Can impact as well.
1: Yeah, you don't always line line everything up, especially because you know now we've got so many. Um tools at our disposal, you know, period apps and, and yes. you know, mental cycle kind of tracking and all that kind of stuff. Yep. It must just be devastating, especially if you are, yeah, like a fly and fly out worker or something you're like that. Like, or oh, you're you're yeah. on a on a you know work run or whatever, or you're just it, it's like I'm just not gonna line up this month. No, that's another, mo- that's and,
0: another and, and month and that's another month. Oh. And and if you're getting older and it's another month, it it's is terrifying. it's another lost opportunity and it's and it just wow, stress levels go sky high. Which is also possibly not good for
1: fertility. No. Um so what are some of the lifestyle matters we should be
0: thinking about when when someone is trying to fall pregnant. Yeah, and this this will obviously because of the nature of our podcast lead into a discussion about exercise, but lifestyle is so important and and I think that's actually a big part of the the role that I play in our fertility clinic because yeah. I'm not a gynecologist or an IVF specialist. So as a GP, it's really important to kind of hammer home how lifestyle interventions can improve your fertility. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was one large US study of over about 17,000 women without a history of infertility. And they were followed over several years to assess their time to pregnancy. So basically how long it took a group of women who were trying to fall pregnant to fall pregnant. Yep. And the study showed that women who followed five or more low-risk lifestyle factors, such as eating a balanced diet, getting at least 30 minutes of exercise a day, had a 69% lower risk of ovulatory disorder infertility. So that's problems with ovulation. Problems with ovulating.
1: 69% Uh, less risk.
0: It's huge. And there's particularly strong evidence that regular exercise can improve fertility in in overweight women with PCOS. And remember, polycystic ovarian syndrome is really common. It's, you know, 10% of women of fertile age uh, are likely to have a diagnosis of PCOS and often they are undiagnosed but still have the condition. And, you know, these women will often find it very difficult to lose weight, very easy to gain weight Oh that's and, just delightful. Thanks yeah. PCOS. Thank you. <laughs> Hello. Um and so, you know, exercise can improve their fertility significantly because if you think about you know all of all of the previous episodes we've discussed about insulin sensitivity. Mm. So, PCOS is strongly strongly correlated with insulin resistance. right, And we know that a good bout of sweaty exercise can improve your insulin sensitivity for up to 48 hours. So there are studies that show that women with PCOS who are working out regularly can improve their cycle, can improve their ovulation and improve their chances of achieving a pregnancy naturally.
1: That's incredible. And also, I mean, is PCOS, if women with PCOS, would they be like possibly at higher risk of developing things like diabetes because Absolutely. of that
0: relationship with Absolutely. insulin. Oh, yes, damn. That's just and a fucking gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? It is. <laughs> and and gestational diabetes as well. Oh
1: my god. Okay. Right. Well, yeah, that's that's interesting. Um let's talk more about PCOS then. Like like what is what is PCOS and I mean, because I know that this is something that you have to deal with all the time, and you've had. Any- I I
0: have PCOS delightful 10%. experiences because I have, of it. I have lots of patients with PCOS. Um, yeah, it's 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 a really complex condition yeah. as well. Um, polycystic ovarian syndrome um, is certainly associated with infertility. It's. There are plenty of women with PCOS who can conceive naturally. Okay. There are some women with PCOS who will have difficulties. Okay. Um as we said before, typically, you know, highly associated with insulin resistance, um and uh, and they may also have higher levels of male hormones or androgens. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, typically, women with PCOS might have some, you know, have Acne a bit later into their life, okay. or they are a bit more prone to hormonal hair growth, and sometimes also hormonal hair loss okay. because of those higher testosterone levels. And women with PCOS will often have an irregular cycle. Okay, and uh, and a that makes it really difficult to time your sex so not, appropriately. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but it often affects the ability to ovulate or reduces the frequency of ovulation. And so if you're not ov- if you're ovulating four times a year instead of let's say twelve times a year if you've got a twenty eight day cycle. Yeah, yeah. Then then your opportunities are that much fewer. So that's I mean you're basically peeing on an ovulation stick like every
1: single day just to kind of figure out when the hell you might be ovulating,
0: right? And then and then and then then side note, ovulation sticks are are inherently unreliable in Pcos. No, because like we're looking <laughs> we're looking for that lh surge that luteinizing hormone surge but often women with PCOS have higher basal lh levels which means that it can be they can be spending an awful not- oh. lot of money on on pee sticks and not necessarily getting really meaningful data damn it fuck you PCOS but we know that for overweight or obese women with PCOS regular exercise can increase that frequency of ovulation and and often lead to much more regular cycles great so exercise <laughs> basically but yeah basically walking, exercise walking um, exercise yeah and and if you are a woman with polycystic ovarian syndrome who is overweight or obese and I know I say this every week this is not a podcast about losing weight to look great yeah but if you can reduce your body weight by about five to ten percent yeah so we're also not talking about 50 kilos, 50 kilos or, or getting into a size 8 or anything yep. like that, just but a reduction. If they can lose five to ten percent of their body weight they will see an enormous increase in their in their rate of ovulation and yes. in their cycle regularity. Yes. So this is, a, this is a big part of what I do day yep. in, day out, which always sometimes feels like a, a bit of a conflict because I'm here on the mic going, we don't need to lose weight, yeah. you know, exercise not to lose weight. But there are times where weight loss done in a really safe way, you know, under the guidance of a doctor um, can, can have, you know,
1: profound health benefits. Absolutely. And not just on fertility, obviously, or on yep. ovulation, but on, you know, cardiovascular health. Diabetes, reducing diabetes risk, all that kind of stuff. Um, which, yes, we do. I mean, obviously, it, it is a conflict for you and I because you know we want to make women feel good, you know, and good about themselves because there's a lot in this world that makes women feel shit. Mm-hmm. And and so then us saying, you know, don't focus on the weight loss, don't focus on your weight, don't focus on the the clothing size. It, we mean it a hundred percent, but also. Yep. Sarah is an incredible doctor and we both believe <laughs> in science. And unfortunately, Yeah. There are there are there are health factors and risk factors associated with carrying too much weight. I mean, you and I both know it. Even, you know, and that's the thing, you talk about like losing five to ten percent of your body weight. And I spoke about this on the pod about my weight loss journey mm. a few episodes ago now. Um, and how I did the total well-being diet with yes. CSIRO. Again, science backed yeah. Diet it was just in not, fact I wouldn't even call it a diet it's not just sponsored food. but I plug that every day. Absolutely. You know I and, email and that link to patients. <laughs> daily. It, it's it's it was so useful for me. But and look when I lost what it was like 12 to 13 kilos or something like that um you know after the kind of initial 12 weeks I wasn't even remotely close to what the BMI calculator says is my ideal weight. I'm oh, no. still not, right? Yeah. And that's not but the point. But just that reduction yes. Made my life so much better. I felt so much better just in that. So you know, th- there there is something to be said for um, balanced weight loss. Yes. And, and, you know, and and careful and doing it with the right type of advice. Fuck yes. any of those shakes off or any of those like weird restrictive diets yeah. or anything like that. No, you, and you don't
0: have to go it alone.
1: No, no, like seriously, go and have a chat to your GP total well-being diet might be something that's good for you there's obviously intermittent fasting you can do there's and there's a lot of mm. evidence-based evidence-backed things that you can do to help but and yeah. and
0: and there's a lot of trial and error to yeah. work out what is a good fit for you totally. because what will help person 1 lose a little bit of weight for their health might not work at all for the next person to walk through yes. my door so it it's yeah it, it's it's trial and error. It's being open to trying different things. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to yeah, when it comes to conditions like polycystic ovarian syndrome, there the jury is out. <laughs> the science is in, baby. Yes. <laughs> jury is out. Jury is in. Jury is anyway. in. Who knows? Yeah. Like
1: they've, they've made their decision. Uh, not guilty. And. <laughs> And yes, a, a five to ten percent reduction in yep. overall body weight it can be a positive thing if you are obese or overweight yes. to begin with. Yeah, don't go too don't no. go too low. Holy shit, no! Because <laughs> as you said, if you're underweight, that can also yes. lead to fertility issues. So, are there any adverse effects of exercise on fertility that you could find?
0: Well, I think this. <laughs> For the exercise sloths out there, they're gonna love this one. Uh, there was one large population-based health survey that found subfertility, which is just a fancy way of saying you know lowered fertility, mm-hmm. was associated with vigorous daily exercise or exercising to exhaustion. Well, that's none of us. <laughs> but not with lower intensity or less frequent exercise. Okay. So, so by all means, if you want to you know if you want to smash out a high intensity workout, great. But if you are trying to conceive, don't do absurdly long, high-intensity workouts day after day after day because it can have an adverse impact on yes. your fertility. Okay. Um, there are so few studies on the effects of exercise interventions on assisted reproduction, so you know, needing fertility treatments or even spontaneous conception rates. And, uh, and I did a quick Cochrane search this afternoon and there are no studies assessing the effects of exercise on subfertile people that don't have a, another diagnosis like polycystic ovarian right. syndrome. But if you are someone who is kind of at the lower end of the so-called healthy weight range or if you are underweight and trying to conceive, then, you know, for, for that group of people, long bouts of high-intensity exercise can, in fact, result in your cycle completely disappearing.
1: Wow. Yep.
0: And, uh, and so... It, it, it's due to suppression of hormones from your hypothalamus. You like a you like a bit of medical hy- jargon. Hy- well, a hy- hypo- hypo- hypothalamus, hypothalamus so just just high brain structures. Okay, and oh, uh, just your high brain structures. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, <laughs> this condition is referred to as functional hypothalamic amenorrhea. Hypothalamic amenorrhea, functional, functional hypothalamic amenorrhea, and and as I said, look, it can suppress ovulation, and sometimes for for these women. Best advice is reducing the intensity of their exercise, and maybe even just gaining a little bit of weight. Yeah, which is, again, if you struggle to gain weight, yep, then
1: again, chat to your GP. That's, chat to that's chat that's to your GP. A,
0: yeah. get, you know, get a referral to a great dietitian. Yeah, um, but if they can, if if this group of women with functional hypothalamic amenorrhea can gain a little bit of weight knock the intensity back of their workouts. Come back towards the exercise sloths of the world. (laughs) Come, (laughs) come
1: come come join join
0: us. (laughs) Um, And that can sometimes kickstart the cycle again and and potentially allow for natural conception. Awesome. Yeah. This is brilliant. All right, bring it home now, Doctor. What is the take-home message from exercise and fertility? Okay, so surprise, surprise, regular exercise is important when you're trying to conceive. But too little or too much can harm your chances, but getting your one hundred and fifty minutes moderate intensity exercise per week is great advice, not just for general health but also when you are trying to conceive mm-hmm. um, if you want personalized advice, and I know we did the caveat at the beginning this is this is your little caveat <laughs> sandwich um. <laughs> Bread and butter. Do you think I'm hungry? Maybe I'm hungry. (laughs) Anyway, if you want some personalized advice, definitely chat to your GP. Find a local physio or exercise physiologist who has an interest in pregnancy because some prehab, Mm. I love the term prehab. Prehab, yes. Prehab before conceiving can definitely help you to have an easier pregnancy. And, And last but not least, when you are pregnant, there are ways to safely exercise, but you you're probably going to need to modify what you do and, and how you work out. And again, a perinatal physio or exercise physiologist is the person to talk to. Yes, to kind of set out that program that's safe for you. Yeah.
1: Because, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, woo-woo online and, you know, like there's a lot of programs that claim to be for... Mm pregnant women and i often wonder how safe is that and how much of a qualification do you have to be giving women advice when they are at a critical life stage and
0: that's i mean like i love physios i love physios you're so weird they usually hurt me a lot Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but but even so like there are great sports physios yes who aren't necessarily experts in perinatal yes. physiotherapy. Yeah. So it's also about finding the right person with the right qualifications who can guide you through it.
1: Yes, and it, you know I know this from talking to my brother about this a lot. In the world of sports science, there's also um, now... Thankfully, a lot more women coming into that field Mm. who have, you know, specialist experience with, you know, just how things like your hormones can affect your ligament strength and your muscles. You know, like you you see those stories about all the AFLW um, players, you know, having these horrific knee and ankle injuries in the first couple of seasons of the of the league, and then they actually went and did some research into it and found that actually it was to do with hormonal different hormonal different cycles. Different, different times yeah. in their cycle. And the muscles are actually and the tendons are actually weaker at certain times. Mm. And so we have to if we if we want to look at women's sport, if we want to progress it, um, we're going to have to check health, some money yeah. into
0: women's research. We're going to have to
1: actually look at some of these things and yeah. figure out a way that, you know, we can do this safely for women because yes. we are different. Yes. Um, yes. Thank you.
0: There you go. Woo Fertility. Fertility. Get you 150.
1: 150. And moderate. moderate. Moderate is not hardcore. You know, no. as, as I mentioned again, a few weeks ago, sitting on the uh, exercise bike at home and doing what I thought was the freaking laziest exercise sloth cycle of all time. Nope. Wasn't even really breaking a sweat. And it then I actually not. took my heart rate and, and it was moderate. And I was like, oh, it's not as much as you think it needs to be, yeah. but it does freaking help.
0: Yep. Perfect
1: the women like you podcast is produced by me gab burke and music is by hamish camilleri
0: thank you for listening and sharing our little pod we've received a lot of really lovely messages lately and it Honestly, it means the world.
1: Yes. You know, any comments, any any stuff that you want to share with us, stuff that you love, stuff that made you snort, laugh out loud on your walk, you know, DM us, email us at podcast Also, if you want to fact
0: check us, that's fine too. <laughs> Send us an email. We love,
1: absolutely love hearing from you. Literally, just in the last few days, Sarah and I have received messages that have made both of us cry. Yes. <laughs> and just so happy to kind of hear from you and, and hear your experiences too. Makes us feel less alone. <laughs> Like the only two exercise slots in the world.
0: Exactly.
1: Oh, yeah. Also, yeah, definitely subscribe to our newsletter at womenlikeyoupodcast.com. Punch in your details. You will get that in your inbox every week. Dr. Sarah Kavanagh writes that one. She's brilliant and I love reading her newsletters.
0: I'm Sarah. And I'm Gab. And... We're taking a little break. Yes, we are. Yes. yes. We're going to
1: be away for, for a few weeks. For a few weeks. Sorry about that. Uh, you are moving to
0: the mountains, baby. I am. <laughs> I am packing my city life up and I'm taking it to the mountains. Yes. Yes. In the middle of winter. In the <laughs> middle of probably what will be one of the coldest winters in the, uh, in the Blue Mountains. <laughs> but...
1: Bring it on, bring it on, baby. Bring like bring on the hiking sticks, bring on the the hiking photo spam when she gets up there. But also like we've just had this like tiny window of good weather in Sydney for the last few weeks, <laughs> and you are about to move just as the rains are <gasps> oh, coming down again, baby. I know.
0: I sent you that <laughs> screenshot of the weather app, and I was like, literally, we oh, haven't had uh, we haven't had like a belly drop last of rain. weekend. Perfect. And then it's just moving days, Friday, and it's just rain, 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 rain. <sighs> Rain. Anyway, 90%. 90%. I'll, have a lot <laughs> of, I'll have a lot of unpacking in the house to do. And an open fire to get cranking. To dry everything off. Yeah, yeah, good. All right, well, good
1: luck with your move. What I are you will doing? see you in a few weeks. Um, look, I'm just going to try and get over this delightful flu. Uh. Uh, <laughs> Probably back on the mic before I need to be. You look incredible.
0: I, mean, I know that you feel <laughs> like death warmed up at the moment. surprised I, I made it through. Is my voice just got like a deeper tone to it. It's... <laughs> <laughs> it's all the phlegm in it's my little, resonating chambers
1: <laughs> yes i'm gonna rest and recover um, i love yeah. you oh no jinx, jinx damn it you got there first all right i love you i'll uh we'll see you next time yeah well soon Thank you.